Welcome to A Better Way podcast, dedicated to mompreneurs who want to do good and feel good at work, at home, and in life. We're your hosts, Courtney and Danielle, and we get the challenges you're facing because we're living them too. We'll share tangible tips we've learned along the way to help make your life a little easier and we hope a lot more fun. We'll also chat with other moms who are making it happen so we can learn from one another because together we can find a better way. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of A Better Way Podcast. Today, I am joined by Nita Lurd. She is an experienced business consultant, mindset coach, author, podcast host, and former Fortune 500 executive with more than two decades experience in marketing and business. Through her work, her coaching and consulting work, Nita helps other coaches, consultants, thought leaders, and service providers become a category of one. And by what that, what that means is she's helping them reinvent and innovate and reposition their business in a way that maximizes its value and its impact. Not only that, Nita is also a mom to a 13-year-old son. Um, she's been growing and building her business at the same time she has been helping raise her son. Um, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Nita. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. And it's it's an honor to be on your show today. Yeah. So for anyone who may not um, have met you or may not be familiar with you, can you just talk a little bit more about um, the work that you do and kind of the journey you've taken to get to the point you are in your business um, at the same time you've been juggling your mom responsibilities? Yeah. So um, after I think I graduated my master's degree in, in business and marketing from Australia, I came back and I started working for Fortune 500 companies, companies like L'Oreal, Unilever. Um, I manage, um, you know, consumer brands, um, cosmetic brands, makeup brands. And it seemed like the dream job for a girl, right, <laughs> at that time. Um, but several years into the, the corporate world, I discovered that it was not for me. Um, my strengths are, I'm just not cut out to be in the corporate world. I like breaking rules. I like reinventing things. And, and so, yeah, corporate world was not definitely not for me. So um, I got married at um, the age of 26 that, and then I had a baby. So that's my, my boy. Um, and then I started a child development center. So it was kind of like an opportunity that, that, that just, just happened, you know, um, and I, I, I knew for, since forever that I loved kids and I, I just, I love teaching, you know, so I did that for a while and then I pivoted into like coaching and ultimately I combined everything together. So I've always consulted for businesses, um, even when I was working for Fortune 500 companies, you know, I would help people with marketing and business plans and all that. So eventually I I was like combining everything. So there's like the coaching part, there's the consulting, there's the psychology and everything. And then um, I just fell in love with psychology just by, by running that first business. Mm -hmm. um, but that wasn't like the business that I was ultimately supposed to be in, you know, but it was like a starting point that made me realize that I really, really love psychology. I was always without knowing it, I was always obsessed with people's, like people's behavior and like, you know, what, what makes people happy or different? Like, why does somebody show up in the world like this? And then like the other person's like the opposite, you know, like what's the factor that, yeah. yeah so I was always, and still is like super intrigued with like observing people. It sounds like really nerd, <laughs> like I'm a nerd, 
No, actually, I think it's probably a superpower for being an entrepreneur because you need to be aware of other people, whether it's partners, your audience and how to engage them and what they're thinking, because that's what drives your business. So I think it's a superpower that you have. Yeah. So I, I just like ended up combining all of this. And today I run a um, consulting and coaching business. Um, and I help, I help coaches consults that really value excellence. You know, they can be experts, a thought leader, service provider, uh, the common denominator is that they value excellence and they want to sell their life's work for the, for what it's worth. So I help people package like 25 K uh, packages, 50 K, even hundred, like really depends on what industry you're in. Um, but basically to sell at, you know, the top 5%, top 10% of the pricing in that industry. And really the pricing is what follows, but it really starts with you wanting to provide like the, the most exceptional quality solution for your clients. And so, um, I, 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 I consult with business owners and I also do provide done for you services and helping them um, research and um, find deep dive interviews and look for the gaps in the market, essentially, and ideate ideas for them to come up with a new solution that nobody else has been able to come up with so that you can solve the problem better than anyone in that industry. And that's how you differentiate your business and stand out, which is like so important today because within like the last what five to 10 years, everybody's doing what everybody else is doing. Right. And that is like with good intention. Right. But it really causes problems for business owners when you're not able to differentiate your business. It's like the return on investment on your marketing and advertising is just harder. Running the business is just harder. Attracting quality clients is harder. Like even if you're the best, but if you're, you're not standing out with your offer and your business and your positioning, it just, you just blend in with everybody else. So that has been, um, out of all the business problems, that's the, the one thing that I'm always most intrigued about. And that's mm-hmm. why I specialize in that, in helping business owners provide exceptional uh, quality, high quality solutions and be able to charge high ticket for it. And, you know, just so that you can raise the bar in your industry so you can provide a better solution and really serve the clients in the best way possible. And for me, that's integrity as a business owner. Yeah. I think that's so important. I, I totally agree with you in terms of the importance of differentiation. So I think Danielle and I have mentioned this on a previous podcast episode, but we said, you know, when it comes down to it, there's two ways to be competitive in business. You either have to compete on price or you have to compete on a core differentiator. And so often, especially when I'm working with my clients who are possibly in an earlier growth stage, they're usually looking to the competition competition to tell them what they should do. And to some degree, there are best practices that people across an industry might share, but I always try to start with them with a competitive analysis where I'm literally plotting out on a grid where clients are or where, excuse me, um, other products are or other service providers are in terms of um, impact and price or other variables and factors, and then try to carve out what I call white space for my, my clients to sit within. Um, now it's, we don't want to force it if they're not naturally going to live there based on the ethos of their company, their product. Great. We won't, but the goal is to find that white space where you can own that and no one else is rubbing up against you, um, in that space, because that's really where I feel like scalability and then sustainable growth is, that's where the magic happens. So I love to hear you talk about that. Um, one thing I want to actually Now hearing a little bit more 
about your history and you starting out with the child development center. I want to chat a little bit about that, but I want to first acknowledge when you said like, you know, you had the dream job and you were in, you know, uh, the corporate world and you were working for all these big brands, Danielle and I traveled that same exact path. And that's, that is literally where a better way came from. We both have our MBAs. We've both been very um, business oriented, but within advertising agency or corporate settings um, and always working for other people. And as successful as we were, it was not aligning with who we are as people and what our dreams were both in professional life and personal life. So I just want to acknowledge that because I feel like I, I remember the feelings I had as you're telling that story, it's all coming back to me. And for any of our listeners who are going through that, there is, you do have the freedom and the choice to build a different path. So you left corporate and then you developed, uh, you built a child development center. So tell me what that looked like, because I'm thinking good on you that you left your corporate job, you had a baby, and then you out of nothing built this business that was an entirely different industry or field or specialty than what you did in your previous nine to five. Was that scary or was it, you almost didn't know how scary it was. So you just did it. And the rest is history. It was almost like, um, I don't know whether it's like an opportunity or coincidence or something. I was actually, you know, when I got married, I was like, um, you know, I'm just going to be a stay at home mom. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like really young. I, I married my first boyfriend of like seven years at that time. And I was, I was, we, uh, we were thinking about this life with five children, you know, like five children. I'm just going to be staying, you know, you, you, when you don't, when you're not in that situation yet, you kind of think that it's going to be a different mm-hmm. situation, but then when we were just, yeah. I was just raising the first boy and I was like, oh my God, this is a lot of work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to stay home and just like do diapers and, and, you know, you know, formula milk or breastfeed or whatever, all these things. They're great. Right. But I, I used to work and I love working. I, I need to use my creative mind, whatever. And I was like, the first year I was like, no, I have to do something else. You know, I can't just like be at home and do nothing and just like, you know, just do nothing. It's like, it wasn't really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So I started to look at different opportunities. By that time, I actually started several businesses along the way. I was always like, you know, always created new brands. I started like selling like the stationery. And when I was 13 years old, that was like the first <laughs> not serious <laughs> business. Um, I, I, I was like thinking and looking and then I was like, really coming to a point, maybe I should go back to corporate, you know, like I was thinking, but I know I didn't want to, right. But I was like, you know, you're in that space where you're not sure what you want to do. And so uh, I ended up uh, finding out about this, this, uh, you know, child, uh, it's like in a daycare, uh, child development center, and it's kind of like a play group. It's like several things, art classes and all that. And (laughs) so I was about to kind of think about the idea of putting him in a, in a daycare and then I'll, I'll maybe go back to work. But, you know, I was just thinking about it. I wasn't going to do it yet. Right. Um, but I just needed to find a place for him. I knew that somebody would take care of him, but then I ended up actually, um, uh, just doing that, (laughs) just, just, just creating that business. And he grew up in, in that child development center. So I think he, he gets a lot of my entrepreneurship in my mindset from seeing me run that place from such a very young age, you know, from like a baby. 
until it was like several years old. And then I was like, okay, you, sh- you can't be with me now. I need to take you to a different school. So yeah, when he was two or three, I put him into a school, into a British school. Um, and yeah, that, that's kind of like the start of it. And then, um, along the way, even started other businesses, tried out, I'm just like, not scared to fail. So I'll like, if I want to try something or start something, I'll just like go all in. I I won't even use the word try, you know, I'll just like dive right in and see how it goes. Of course, I'll do my best, but you know, some, some businesses were not, were just not meant for me. And ultimately I, I started getting to coaching and to personal development. And I think that was the like, the life-changing moment for me. And uh, of course, in that, 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 that timeline, <laughs> that period, when my son was around three, I separated from my husband. It was my choice. Um, so moving forward from that point, I became a single mom, like immediately. And then mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I got into other businesses and then ultimately combined like the coaching and the consulting and the personal development um, into what I, I do now, you know, and it, it's not always clear from the beginning, even though like, mm-hmm. you know, that you're passionate about this, this was meant for you. I had to go through several niches as well, you know, because um, I was always thinking like, oh, marketing business. Yeah, I like it. But because of that corporate experience, I never really envisioned myself as like, okay, I should be doing this. But then when I got into this world of coaching, consulting, I saw these people that were like change makers and impact makers that were so lost in their marketing and their business. And I was like, gosh, you have a gift and I really want to help these people. Like they don't know what their challenges They have these, all these blind spots in their businesses, right. Even uh, in their business and their strategy and in their mindset as well. I was like, I, I don't remember how I got into this, but you know, it, I, I was just like, by the time I knew it, I was, this is what, what, what I was doing and I was helping all these entrepreneurs. And so I think, you know, for, for all the people listening and if like, you don't know what your niche is, I, I see this everywhere, right? Like, I don't know what my niche is. Is it going to be the right niche? Is it going to be the wrong niche? Like, am I going to get into the wrong thing? It's a journey, you know, it's a journey. But I always believe if you, if you gravitate towards something that you love mm-hmm. and you move away from something that you don't like, you know, I, I believe that you'll eventually get closer and closer and closer to where you should be. And that was what happened for me. So, okay. There, I love this. And I want to ask a question. I don't think we've ever asked anyone on the show before, but I think you're a really good guest to answer this. So often, I think when people start out with a business, if it's not wildly successful right away, they're like, okay, it was a failure. I'm going to walk away from it. But you have proven that you can be a successful entrepreneur and you can run successful businesses, even if they're only for a specific period of time, or even if you decide that it's not right for you in the long term. So my question would be for anyone who's thinking of getting in, you know, going fully into their business and committing to it, um, or maybe they're already in their business, but they're struggling a little bit. Like what are those signs when you should just walk away versus maybe it's just a problem in your marketing or your messaging or in your offers that you need to diagnose and fix. And that will be the game changer in your business. Have you found anything through your own personal experience or working with other clients of yours of when do you know if a business idea is feasible or not? And what's your advice to them to determine, should I keep going with this or should I pivot and try something different? 
Yeah. I think it's like, you never know what will work, right? That's like, like the definition of being an entrepreneur. You have to do it. So you true. Have to take it. And you don't know, you don't know the, what the results are going to be. Right. Um, so I think really there's kind of two sides to it. Like I'm passionate about many things. Like you, if I look at within the, the coaching space, I'm passionate about many niches. Like I, I do, I even did parenting coaching, relationship coaching. Like I can actually do all of it. It's pretty much the same for me. It's just like your human brain, right? Um, but ultimately for me, I think I was like looking at the impact that I was able to make. And like the more I was more aware of my strengths as a business consultant and my, my strengths is like, my number one strength is ideation. It's like, mm-hmm. You know, on every strength test, it's ideation. It's like the ability to create better solutions, like innovation, right? It, to be innovative. And like, by the time I, I, I knew it was, I was just doing this, all these like pieces of evidence, um, you know, every single assessment or personality type, everything just made sense. But when people ask me like, so how did you find out? How did you find out? I was like, it was just like, you know, you just gravitate towards what you like and you move away from what you don't. So, but then in the in, in terms of business, there's also other factors, right? Are you operating in the market that's ready for what you're, you're inventing? Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have m- many, many brilliant ideas that I feel like, hey, people need to know this, you know? Like people need this, but it doesn't matter because if people are not ready for it, it you can't sell it, right? So why would you want to just stay with that idea you can when you can move on and maybe sell another idea that the market is you know maybe starting to get ready um, for that product or service and I think really it's it, it's balancing your intuition and what you feel about the business who do you want to serve what impact do you want to make but also looking at the feasibility and whether this is practical or not like if you had to take five years to educate people about this awesome thing in order for them to start, you know, accepting it, are you willing to do that? I think that's maybe a good question to ask yourself. Like if you had to educate the market about this for a really long time before like the first customer buys from you, you know, if it's really that important, maybe you want to do it. And I remember like in the beginning of, of like this business, I was always listening to this video where Elon Musk was interviewed on, I think it was the 60 minute show. He was mm-hmm. crying because he was talking about how his uh, astronaut heroes didn't agree with what he was doing at SpaceX, you know? Um, and he always has this popular famous quote, like, I, I don't have exact words, but it's like, if what you're doing, you know, it, it doesn't sound like this. It, he, he makes it sound much better, but whatever you're doing or pursuing, if it's important enough, no matter the odds, you should still keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. No matter like 10, like I, when he was building this rocket company, everybody's like showing him like rockets exploding. Like you should not do this, do a, another business, but he, he didn't care. He's like, I'm still going to do it. You know? And I remember that was the exact feeling that I had when I was starting out specifically in this business, I was like, I knew the power of psychology and coaching and like understanding your brain and your mindset, how it changed my life. You know, I got into NLP training. I got training on every modality and it like, wait, what's NLP training? 
Is it well, neurolinguistics? Yes, it is. Okay, it's got neurolinguistic it. programming. So I went through all the trainings up to the, you know, practitioner, master practitioner, trainers level. And it like changed my mindset. It, it taught me about like limiting beliefs and all that. And then I, you know, coaching and everything. It changed my world and my, my everything, you know, and then you look back in the past and then, oh, that's why this happened. And that's why that happened. And that, I, I had this determination, like the world needs to know about this. Like this can change the world. It can solve every single problem from, you know, war to people, you know, broken families or whatever, like it can, it, everything, problems in organizations. Like if everybody had real coaching. And so I had that deep belief that kept me going. So no matter the obstacles, it, it didn't matter because it was less, the obstacles were less important compared to this mission mm-hmm. that I had, you know? And I think like, yeah, it's, everything is a journey. There's a time for everything. Maybe some of the relationships in the past was a good relationship for you at that time. But as you grow, it's not the right relationship for you anymore. Um, Maybe that business that you ran 10 years ago was good for you. It was maybe for you to learn something or discover something about yourself, but maybe it's not the right business for you now. And so, yes, some of my clients do actually um, pivot or totally sell their business and start a whole new business because they feel, yeah, I used to be passionate about this, but not anymore. This, this new stage of my life, I want to be do something else. You know, I always dreamed about doing a, B and C or whatever. And so I think it's, it's really a mix of intuition and what you feel like. I believe we always know the answers. We're just scared of the answers, you know? Yeah. I think too, we have been, I don't want to say been taught or trained because it's not like anyone's, you know, sitting over us intentionally doing this, but just as a byproduct of living in busy modern societies, we're less in touch with our intuition, with our feelings, like what I'm going to call our inner knowing, which I think means something different to a lot of different people. Um, but I think one of the things you highlight, and I think it's so important if someone's looking to get into entrepreneurship or maybe they're in it and they're wondering if it's for them is, um, holding that. And actually this is a reminder to myself too. I should write this down as I'm saying this, but hold that vision of the impact you want to make, but then be flexible in how it comes to life. Because I so often think we have this vision of like, we're going to start a business. And we think of a business, even though businesses aren't oftentimes aren't brick and mortar anymore, we still have a very concrete, like very tangible idea of what it's going to look like. And then you get into it and it's different. It feels different. It operates differently. Or maybe you're in one phase, like, you know, Q1 2021 is going to look very different than Q1 2022. And if you're still able to serve on that initial mission that you outlined, but it takes a different form, that's not necessarily a bad thing and it's going to ebb and flow. And I think you sharing that's a reminder that we just need to be flexible in our pursuit. Yes. If something is important enough to us, we should absolutely go towards it and move towards it, but we need to be flexible in how that comes to life. And so I think that's also freeing to some extent, because that also means like we don't have to have all the answers. None of us are going to know exactly how the journey is going to go, but if we're committed to learning, then we'll figure it out as we go and still be able to give back in the way that we want to. So I love that. Um, so what do you do in the, and maybe this is something that you coach your clients on too. So it can be either from your past experience or working with your clients, but I'd love to know, like you, because you've shifted and pivoted throughout, um, the course of the last, you know, two decades, 
how do you invest in yourself and in your business? So how have you grown your business to the point it is? And what do you do today to keep ensuring that you're able to show up and meet the needs of your customers or clients as best as possible? Yeah, I would say I always question things. <laughs> like I'm always questioning my own thoughts, my own beliefs, you know, and like we're looking at clients results and like I'm always asking questions like how can we do better you know and I'm always investing in yes myself you know whether it's coaching mentoring mastermind groups new tools new technology you know any sort of knowledge or tool or anything that can make not just my business better but it's ultimately to serve our clients better and make our clients lives better right whether it's um for them to um have a better mindset you know um have better strategies or be able to implement their strategies in an easier faster way anything that can make their lives better <laughs> even their personal lives um is, is what we invest in. So everything we invest in, whether it's uh, my own training, my staff's training, you know, we really, we really see the importance of, of training your mind, your mindset, up-leveling your skill sets, your soft skills, hard skills, and really being innovative. I think, you know, companies and businesses die because they, they stop innovating. They stop questioning what they're doing and they just like fall into the comfort zone. They just do whatever they've always been doing. But then with the competition we face these days, there's always a better company that's going to come. There's going to be a, a, a better solution. So if we stop improving and developing ourselves and our business and what we offer, you know, one day you're going to go out of business eventually. So I think, you know, for me, it's like investing in every single thing that can make not just our lives better, but our clients' lives better. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. It actually brings up a question I wanted to ask you. Um, you're talking about, you know, how you invest in yourself and how you're constantly asking questions and looking to continuously improve. And I feel like that also transfers to motherhood too, in terms of how you show up every day for your kids and how you're raising your family. And you've had this unique position of juggling being a single mom and growing your business. So I'd love to know like what your experience has been managing your entrepreneur journey while also, you know, nurturing your son, has there been any like societal norms that have affected you or that have, you know, I just love to know a little bit about your experience and your journey and what's been amazing and what's really stuck, like just sucked throughout it for lack of better terminology. Yeah. I think for me, I think it, it really depends on personality type as well. Like mm -hmm. I, I know some people are like, for me, I'm, I feel I'm very strong minded. Like if I believe whatever is true for me, like whatever my mother says, I'm like, no, that's not true, mom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she's, my mom is like, she's a pediatrician. She's very traditional. Um, and just like the opposite of me almost like, and she didn't <laughs> never understood like why her daughter and my brother, my, her son is like, always wanted to be an entrepreneur for her. It's like, why don't you just get a corporate job, have security and whatever. Right. Cause that's what she did. And it was like, she never understood. And now I'm trying to explain her. Well, I have a, a different personality type, right? If you've heard of the Enneagram, I'm the Enneagram type five. So very okay. unconventional and <laughs> we don't do things like other people do. <laughs> and 
<laughs> and she's like, am I lucky that you're like a type five or am I not lucky? And like, I don't know, mom, it really depends on how you look at it. But, you know, I really think she, she's a type one perfectionist. So we're very, I'm different. a type one too. I'm, I'm in the same boat <laughs> as your mom. So <laughs> it's just, I was like, why do you always break the rules? You know, like, and my brother's also a type five. So it was li- li- really crazy throughout the teenage years. So I believe that we, there were things that we disagreed on. Like she would say like, come on, don't, don't work so much. Your son needs you or whatever. Right. But in my opinion, I don't believe that being a good parent means you have to sit for hours and play Lego with your toddler or oh, Danielle you know, would love to hear this. She talks about it all the time, how that is not for her. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I don't think, I think the definition of a good parent, there's, there's no, like, you know, there are fundamental rules of what a good parent is, but some people think that they have to spend hours and hours, you know, playing or doing things according to whatever book says to do what. Mm-hmm. And even though I ran like a child development center, I would like, you know, I, I would really question these things. Like I said, I was questioning things. I'm always questioning things, even in personal life. There was this incident where at that time, my son was like already going to a school and I was still running the center. And he was like, he was really young. And then he went to an international school where parents were just like, almost like helicopter parents, you know, mm-hmm. like they were like always on the football field, cheering their kids on, like both parents, like, I, like most of them own businesses. I, they found the time to be on the court and, and whatever. Right. But, and that's fine. But I was like, that's not really for me. I don't want to be watching my kid do soccer, you know, that's like, I'm not interested. And I don't feel that I need to try to be interested just so that I can show up to be a good mom. You know what I mean? And one day he asked me, but there was definitely a little bit of pressure, right? Like, Hmm, am I going to be a bad parent if I don't go, you know, like all the other parents are there, you know, and this wasn't even just like a special soccer match. It was like an after school activity that happened every, every day, like Mm -hmm. every day. I was like, this is too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? And m- one day my son asked me, so I was like, mom, like, why are all the other moms and dads like at the soccer field, like cheering their kids and even like micromanaging, like kick it that way. Why didn't you score? Yeah. You know what? And I was like, well, honey, I need to run the school. This is like my responsibility. And you know, that's your after school activity. I don't need to be there to, you know, observe you or, or cheer you on or whatever. Um, you know, this is my responsibility and I still love you, but it doesn't mean that I have to be showing up there like every single day at school. Right. So I explained to him in a, in a, you know, very factual way and logical way. And I think that the fact that I wasn't able to have that time and resources to kind of like overparent him actually was beneficial for him mm-hmm. because it made him grow up into like, now he's very independent you know, he's very independent. I encourage him to make his own decisions um, and, and choices based on some input from me if he wants, you know, um, on important things. But I think I believe that the way I've raised him has has made him so that he's 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 how he is today, you know, independent and confident, has high self-esteem. And yeah, I think definitely there is that social norm that is put on us you know, what is the definition of a good parent? Like if you focus, I think it happens a lot to moms because we're just, 
you know, a lot of moms feel guilty. Like if I'm doing this, it means I'm less of a mom. Like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not a great mom if I care about, you know, making money or business or all that. Right. And really, if you have that thought, you need to question yourself because it's like, it's, it's not related. It's, it doesn't make you a bad mom or like less of a great mom. Right. People forget they have a choice. Like you are reminding us that we have a choice, like what feels good and what feels right for your relationship and for your kids. I think this is an important point too, about the not like, um, being like a helicopter parent or hovering, um, in light of the pandemic. And I say that because I have a son who just turned four and I have a son who just turned one, both within the last three to four weeks, they're both November babies. And, um, I've noticed that my four-year-old who he was about two and a half when the pandemic started, um, he has become much more shy and I would say less independent. There's certain things he's very independent with, but then there's other things where he relies on us. And then my son who just turned one, I mean, he will go to me, his dad and his daycare provider, but even like Nana and grandma, he's got a little bit of stranger danger with. And I think it's because we've been cooped up in our houses with just, you know, my husband and my two sons and they have become less independent as a byproduct of that. Now, granted, I've had extra time to love on them. Yes, appreciate that. But I also see it manifesting itself when we go to playgrounds or soccer practice or play dates where I'm like, oof, like this is not the kid you were two years ago. Some of this is also on me and my husband for, I don't want to say enabling that, but unintentionally we've, you know, that's been the environment we've been living in for a while. So I think that this is really important because I think there's going to be a whole generation of kids that, you know, they haven't really been exposed to the, the full beauty of the world that many of us grew up in. And I think it's going to be something that's relevant for a lot of parents moving forward. Um, and I like that your entrepreneurial journey has actually like inspired your son to be more capable and more independent. And you mentioned his self-esteem, which I think is huge. Like that is so important. And by being able to make your own decisions and feel confident in it, I feel like that's something that even a lot of adults miss. And so the fact that you've been able to ingrain that in him is huge. Um, so I I think that that's great. Um, before we wrap up though, I wanted to ask something we ask all of our, um, guests is about a better way. And what we mean by that is, you know, we started this podcast knowing that the, the course we were on the course, everyone told us was the right way. Um, but it turned out not to be the best way for me and Danielle. And so as we're paving our own new way, we like to ask guests, what's a better way that you've learned or that you've experienced on your journey and that you would share with other fellow mompreneurs. Do you have something yeah. you, that sticks out for you? Yeah, I would definitely say create your own rules. Um, you know, you Enneagram five in you. <laughs> yeah, create your own rules. You don't have to follow, you know, social norms or a belief that everybody believes, like a really common belief. Always question it, you know, because something that works well for someone else might not be the right thing that not might be the right strategy for you. And the same thing goes for businesses. That's why I never believe in having like um, one size fit all strategy. Hey, this is what I teach. Everybody go implement the same thing. No, I never say that. I say like, this works for me. And, you know, given your strengths, maybe it will work for you too. But, you know, maybe another business was like, he doesn't like this at all. The strategy it's like, doesn't work for him and his team. You know, we could create a different strategy. So I think really we're living in the like digital age, the new world now, you know, it's not a time for following other people. It's a time to lead your own life, 
create your own rules and trust your intuition, you know, just really focus on you and, you know, just really, you need to really lower the volume on the noise out there because there's a lot, a lot of noise and distraction out there, whether in, you know, personal life or business world. So, yeah. That is such good advice. Like I can definitely, definitely get behind that. Um, for anyone, whether or not you're interested in becoming an entrepreneur, whether or not you're already running your own business, or even if you're in your more traditional nine to five, like, I think that is great advice. There's just too many opportunities for us to be second guessing ourselves or living someone else's life. And I love that you're empowering people to live their own. So, um, I'm sure Nita, that a lot of our listeners are going to want to connect with you and follow you, um, coming out of this. So where can they find you? And is there anything that you might suggest they check out um, to connect with you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm not really on social media, but I do post content and I do answer my inboxes. So can connect with me on LinkedIn um, and on Instagram. That's uh, Nita Lerd. And on, this, on the LinkedIn, it's my full name, Nita Lerd Prasapso. And I have, some, I have two resources, actually. So um, if you're a business owner, uh, specifically a coach, consultant, service provider, or thought leader, I have a, a quiz that will help you find your entrepreneurial edge. So you go to nitalerd.com slash quiz for that. And um, I have another assessment, which is called the value builder. Um, I, I'm sure some people have heard of the built to sell book. So I use that tool in my business as well. Um, it's a quite a long assessment, but it gives you the value of your business. It gives you a score at one, one to hundred, what your score is. So it, it, it measures you on eight key drivers. So um, that's a really good assessment that really provides insight into your business, whatever stage you are in. You might not want to sell your business, but that's not the point. It's about building a healthy uh, business with a strong foundation. So to do that for free, uh, just go to needler.com slash business score. And, you know, as when you finish doing it, someone on my team will just send you the PDF result to you for free. No, oh, no so cool. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we'll um, add that information to the show notes. I'm going to check that out too. I'm very interested. Yeah. So you're going to see me um, go through that assessment. I can't wait to yeah, uh, it's really check great. it out. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. It's eye-opening. Um, and their vision there at Built to Last is that they're value builders. They're trying to get a million people to do the assessment because it, it's really helpful. Just seeing the assessment results will give you lots of insights into your own business. And I'm creating my own maturity assessment on how differentiated your business is. So that's another fun thing that will be coming out soon. But yeah, oh, awesome. that's I've got, always creating assessments. <laughs> we'll keep us posted when that's available too. And we'll share with... Yeah our community. So thank you so much, Nita. It was a blast having you on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, This has been a really wonderful conversation, Courtney. And I believe, you know, we have so many common interests, whether it's like parenthood, uh, entrepreneurship, and our backgrounds are similar. So I've really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Thank you so, so much for having me on the show today. Of course. Thanks. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more information from today's chat, including how to reach us, head on over to the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the exciting episodes to come. 
And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review. It's how we can help other busy moms find their better way. Until next time, mom friends.